you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Fantasy freaks and geeks, what's up? James Coe here on the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. Back after a one-episode hiatus. I was suspended one episode. Uh, wasn't sure why. I think I was. Uh, I think I may have missed the team, but maybe I came in overweight. Coach's decision. We wanted to motivate you. That's fine. You know, realize you can't. You can't take any off days here as okay. we approach the season. That's fine. You know, you've been on this. This you're a veteran now. This is your second year in the podcast. <laughs> you know, you can't. You can't treat the other guys like that. <laughs> it's true. I agree. Uh, you know, you combine that with the weight issues that I've had. Um, I get it. You're basically Josh Gordon. I'm basically. I'm Carlos Williams. Is oh, that's uh, even worse. Is really what it comes down to here. Uh, no, you're listening to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. Uh, back after a one episode hiatus, uh, I was over in Las Vegas for the Asian American Journalist Association National Conference. It was it was great. Uh, had a good time there. Uh, but we've got a big show in front of us here today. We're going to talk about the preseason week one takeaways we have had. Lamar Miller, Carlos Hyde, Derrick Henry, DeMarco Murray, uh, Christian Michael. We're going to be talking about Terrence West possibly as well. How about the NFC North, the Bears, the Lions? The Packers, we're going to be breaking down the uh, the NFC North. We're going to give you a an update, a massive update now on the fan league. We're going to have, Wait, what, seven total people are getting in? No, no, you know what? I, I, went, I went four. Whoa. Yeah, Woo. because I missed that episode. And also, I was like, oh, my gosh, I have 16 spots. Well, two are you and Adam, so right. and 14. Then, but. Yes, and then I think uh, we filled uh, two spots last week. So we got to get it ramped up, though. Because yeah, because we're going to have to do these drafts, drafts in are coming up here, man. Do so, it. yeah, so we got to uh, start ramping that up. And, of course, daily daps as well. We've got uh, the franchise, the magical beard of fantasy, Matt Franciscovich. What's up? Hey, James. Good to have you back. Uh, Matt Harmon, who is not an idiot. Mm. Aw, that's kind. Right. Thanks, appreciate it. It's that. nice to see our therapy work. Not, not, yeah, yeah. <laughs> delayed, <laughs> delayed reaction, but not really feeling this uh, podcast. Why is that? Why is that, pal? It's like three o'clock. You okay. Know, we only record these in the morning. Okay. Wow. Spoiler like, alert. Uh, we're we're yeah. pre-taping this one because if you guys didn't know, Fantasy Live is back, but they're taping in the podcast studio. And where can you? They watch that. Is it one thirty? Uh, it's right? at one o'clock. Uh, NFL dot com slash Fantasy Live. Yep is the website that you can go check that out on. Uh, we've got MG Mike got Marcus Grant. What's up? What's going on? And the whiz kid from Wisconsin, the man behind the glass, Yo. Alex Gilhar. What's going on, man? Not too much. Ready to get this show on the road. All right, let's do it. Top news then. The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. The whistles go. I like turtles. We continue to follow breaking news. Don't watch the news because I'm a kid. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife. How about in Denver, Devontae Booker is getting first-team reps after C.J. Anderson, but ahead of Ronnie Hillman. That, according to Broncos reporter Mike Kliss, one of the best in the business of KUSA. What do we make of the news, gentlemen? Uh, I mean, it doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Uh, you know, And it basically helps me with my C.J. Anderson narrative. Uh, What's the C.J. Anderson narrative? That he's going to be good. Oh, okay. 
Um, well, it doesn't get, I mean, here's the thing. Devontae Booker out of Utah, uh, everyone says he's going to be a great fit for this one-cut uh, scheme, zone-blocking scheme there in Denver. It doesn't scare you a little bit, maybe, possibly? Nah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I, I, I still think he's the better. I think I think Devontae Booker is maybe the future in the backfield there in Denver, but I don't right. think that future comes this year. I But I did believe that he was going to surpass Ronnie Hillman on the depth chart. That doesn't. That doesn't surprise me. I think that's, yeah. that surprises no um, But, you know, I mean, I, I, look, I think we'll see Booker this year. We'll see him maybe in some third-down situations. We'll see him when they want to give C.J. Anderson a rest. But I think this is Anderson's backfield unless he somehow, you know, unless he gets hurt or somehow miraculously underperforms. But I'm not expecting that. This they, year. they asked uh, Devontae Booker what's up uh, at the, uh, the, the rookie symposium, and he said something along the lines of, listen, man, I'm not here to carry nobody's pads. I'm here to take somebody's job. Wow. All right. That's well, pretty he, strong. He took Ronnie. He took Ronnie. Ronnie <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Mission one, accomplished. One Does anybody anybody worried about C.J. Anderson a little bit here? No? Not Nothing? really. Not I, I worry about C.J. Anderson only because I think the offense could just be really, really bad, and that would limit his scoring opportunities if the quarterback position is a train wreck, and it very well could be. And for that reason alone, I'm probably not interested in drafting Devontae Booker at all, even if he's the theoretical backup as, as a handcuff. Okay, there you go. Uh, we'll move on to Buffalo. Carlos Williams, back practicing, still banned four games, FYI. But he is practicing, showed up to camp 20 pounds overweight because he was empathy eating with his pregger's wife. Coach Rex Ryan said the team isn't giving up on him after rumors circulated that Carlos Williams could be cut. He's also facing a four-game suspension. He is facing a four-game. He's still banned those four games, but he's back practicing. Does this mean anything? Not yet. I think it's just encouraging that we know we saw what he could do last year on limited reps. He had over 500 yards and seven touchdowns on less than 100 carries, I'm pretty sure. And he had a lot of explosive plays there. I remember looking this offseason of running backs. If he had had 100 carries, he would have had the highest percentage of those carries go for 10-plus yards last year among running backs that hit that threshold. But, you know, this is LaShawn McCoy's backfield. All reports are that he's looking great. Right. Carlos Williams is just going to be a name to have, as we say, on speed dial if McCoy does get injured after his suspension is up. After his susp- And after he drops the empathy pregnancy weight. Sounds- is that a thing? That is, uh, a apparently thing. That is. is what he told. No, I mean, as a father. Oh, I'm the only. I'm the only the, person here. Uh, yeah, as the resident dad of the, <laughs> except Gail, uh, except Gail Hart, theoretically. You know, as the only. I don't have a child. <laughs> but you are very much a dad. I do have a lot of dad-like tendencies. Okay. A lot. Well, Wait, you, I, thought, I, he, I thought I thought Franciscovich was dad shot. No, he's just I'm, he's just old. He's not just, actually he's just, a dad though. Okay. He's just old. Okay. Gail Hart just has very dad-like tendencies. Like, and believe me, as the person that lives with him, okay. I get a lot of the. <laughs> it's like honestly, it is like living with my father again. Hey, don't forget. The lock your doors. Don't forget to do this. <laughs> Anyways, oh god. My point. Mind. My point being, though, is that a thing? Like, do you actually gain pregnancy a, weight, sympathy weight when you're when you're when your lady is pregnant? Uh, I think it's be- here's the problem, right? Like, you know, you want to eat right and do all those kind of things, but uh, and also like go to the gym, but you can't really you do less of those things when your wife is pregnant because first of all, she's asking for. Look, here's the thing, man. Like, <laughs> pregnant women. Like feel a lot of pregnant women feel like you know what man it's all good I could eat whatever I want because hey it's for the baby yeah it's for the baby it, pickles and ice cream hey <laughs> it's for the baby Don't, like my wife just yeah I mean she never listens to podcasts she's she's not gonna never ne- ever know about this but she was crushing Del Taco on the regular <laughs> I, I mean, mean just so was I for a while but I wouldn't <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I but think I we mean, have set the record for the earliest this podcast has officially gone off the rails. <laughs> she was destroying it to the point where 
Um, I would get into the car and I would see like a – it was Del Taco and Taco Bell. She just has a thing for wow. fast food, Mexican food. I don't know why. Um, and I would get into the car and I'd see like an empty, um, you know, cup, uh, ta- Taco Bell cup. And I'd be like, babe, like wh- why are you – and she's like, don't judge me. <laughs> and and so All that's right. the thing. So when she's asking – hey, she's like, hey, hun, can you go get some Del Taco? Well, you're not going to just go get Del Taco for her. No way. You're going to get Del Taco for yourself. Yep. That's what happens. I just thought this was pertinent information to discuss in case maybe we need to be on, like, baby watch in the future. Like, <laughs> So whenever a player announces right. that in his or her security. I mean, do we you know what, Harmon? You're going to be writing those columns now because of this. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Andrew uh, Corliss. Right. All right, fine. Uh, Andrew Corliss signed to Detroit. He's facing a two-game suspension. The league suspended him after he was sentenced to probation for firing a gun into the air after he had an argument with a woman outside of a nightclub back in July of 2015. If you're wondering why Detroit would sign Andrew Corliss, despite having a two-game suspension looming, Eric Ebron hurt with a pretty bad ankle injury. Brandon Pettigrew still on the pup recovering from an ACL tear. Also Brandon Pettigrew. Also Brandon. Their number one tight end right now, I believe, blocker. is Matthew Mulligan. Who yes. has been a journeyman yes. like blocking tight end? Is that a real name? That's yes. a real name. He's been Matthew a, Mulligan. Please, uh, no official. Please, please no Mulligan chart. puns. It's a, a. He's been a Patriot, a Packer, among others. But that's why they signed Corliss. I don't think anybody should be concerned about Corliss. Matthew Mulligan's a real name. Yeah. Yes, That's a real person. That is fabulous. He's this this guy Cole Wick, I think, caught a pass in the uh, preseason game against okay. the Steelers. Though. Let's I, raise I him up know. our draft boards. But he's okay. like he's like fourth on the depth charts. All right, let's uh, let's talk about some injuries, shall we? I don't think Andrew Corliss. Uh, yeah, no. not fantasy relevant. Nope. Okay, we're moving on. How about in Cleveland? Josh Gordon uh, had that quad injury. He returned to practice uh, today, Monday. Uh, activated off of the non-football injury list. It's his first practice since week 17 of 2014. Wow. He's been away from the game for 20 months. He told reporters today, though, quote, I'm definitely the same guy, referring to his 2013 self, where he had 1,600 yards and nine touchdowns. All right. Don't make an idiotic comment now, Matt Harmon. Uh, you also missed the culture. He was super psyched to be a part of a team culture that he's really never experienced before with that Hugh Jackson. There. Yeah, Hugh. Okay. Well, look, it's encouraging that Gordon and Elliott have returned back to practice. Uh, it, we need to just, you know, we'll need to monitor their injuries, especially with Elliott with the hamstring. But yep. if healthy, he's going to take that huge load in Dallas. The, the thing about Gordon, whether he's healthy or not right now, is he's not in football shape. And it's going to take some time for him to get I there. I don't know if he's in shape, period. Right. He's not, I think uh, Hugh Jackson already came out and said he's not going to play in the Browns' second preseason game. So we're going to have to wait a little while to see him, like, actually catch a slow burn in a game. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) One that uh, James was on the updated rundown. I know you're operating off your phone right now. I actually might have just put it on my email. Was Gronker? Pulled up, yeah, at at practice. We need to talk about him. Yeah, Gronk left practice. Uh, He he apparently grabbed his leg. Uh, I think, if I read the reports correctly, he was uh, carted off. Uh, not I thought he walked off under his own power, I thought was what I saw. Maybe he just ended up on the trainer's cart. Disputing Did he just right end in a coffin? <laughs> <laughs> Gronk is now dead. Oh, man. Yeah, oh, wow. This yeah, is I know. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's progressed very quickly. No, he just pulled up and walked off with the trainer, but it's concerning. It's not Gronk. good, considering not, his injury history. Not great, Bob. Not great, yeah. Bob. Yep. What is do you this, got there, is, franchise? Is this the part where I can say Chris Hogan? Chris Hogan? Yes, absolutely. No. Yeah, it's say it. I want to see Matt get mad. Chris Hogan. Chris Hogan forever. Okay. I mean, you know, Mal- <laughs> Malcolm Mitchell had a gnarly 
dislocated elbow. And, and, and is already back in Doesn't matter. His practice. Na- uh, narrative. Well, his elbow's well, disconnected. Um, narrative. This is a thing. It's his elbow's disconnected. It, uh, you know, that means it's just it's a trick elbow now. It's going to pop out randomly, which means this is going to open the door for Chris Hogan. <laughs> okay. This show already sucks. Uh, this, yeah. <laughs> this is the tweet from Mike Reese, who is a beat reporter there for ESPN, following the Patriots. One of the best. Uh, one of the best. Absolutely, no question about it. Uh, Patriots tight end Rob Gronkowski left today's practice after pulling up while attempting to catch a Tom Brady pass. Uh, on the sideline, I think is what he's saying, during a 7-on-7 seven seven drill. Again, something we'll just keep a close eye on. The Patriots, uh, not great uh, regarding uh, giving you updates on injuries, so we'll true. see that. Uh, we'll see what happens there. But, uh, but again, Rob Gronkowski did leave today's practice uh, pulling up. The one note about that is if he is to miss any time, uh, this could help Martellus Bennett's draft stock correct to probably be where it should be. He's going a little bit later than I think he should in those offenses. He was been targeted a fair amount by those guys. And, you know, if they do revert back to running two, more two tight end sets, sets, excuse me, which they did back in the day right. with Gronk and Aaron Hernandez, he could have a pretty big role. And the depth at wide receiver, I mean, Marcus is uh, Chris Hogan love notwithstanding, isn't great <laughs> with a lot of guys that have uh, been injured. And Edelman's already oh, been sure. nicked up this preseason. Right. Uh, Amendola's kind of Mr. Glass. So Martellus Bennett should be a name to circle to watch through all of this as Grunt gets healthier and this Patriots offense materializes towards the regular season. And not only that, at least in the first four weeks, Jimmy Garoppolo, at least what we saw in this first preseason game, I I, I, I want to say he – I don't want to say he favors uh, – um, uh, where am I going here? Bennett. The Bennett. <laughs> I was like, Alshon Jeffrey? No, that's the wrong Chicago Bear. Uh, it, it's not that he necessarily favors Bennett, but – I, I think you're going to see a healthy mix. Uh, even if Gronk is healthy, I think, I think you're going to see a healthy mix of Bennett and Gronk. At yeah. a purely tactical standpoint, if people are double-teaming Gronk, Bennett's six foot eight, and he's a, a very good athlete. So Absolutely. he's going to be a mismatch for most of the people that line up against him. How about Ezekiel Elliott there in Dallas? Uh, he had a hamstring injury. He did return to practice. Uh, good news for Zeke Elliott. Yes. Anything we should take beyond just the surface-level reports of him returning to practice? Uh, I think the thing that I that I took away from him not being there, uh, watching the Cowboys over the weekend, is that if you're looking for a handcuff, it's Alfred Morris. I mean, mm. he's the, he's the guy now. That I mean, he's the guy who got a lot of work and looked fairly good, uh, you know, against the Rams on Saturday. So if you are looking for a handcuff in that backfield, then Alfie Mo is the way to go. Isn't just, it just crazy don't look for a handcuff? Because it's a waste of time. Okay. All right, uh, isn't it crazy how Darren McFadden racked up 1,400 total yards, and now he's just, I mean, scrap heap material right now. Well, crazy. He, didn't he break his arm or something earlier this summer? Yeah. He did yeah, something. Dropped, yeah, his, dro- iPhone. dropped his iPhone. and Tried uh, to catch it. Yeah. Uh, and then he did and went Darren McFadden. Yeah. All right. Uh, oh, <laughs> by the way, in Green Bay, Jeff Janis expected to miss four to six weeks. Just cancel the rest of the preseason. <laughs> After he had screws. I don't want to live in this Put into the bones around his index finger. Was, that, according to Packers there was a reason. Tom Silverstein. There was a reason I didn't Walker include Jr. this on the rundown. is because I didn't want to cry today, James. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's, You've ruined it. It's disappointing, but Janis was already shaping up to be a long shot to actually win that number three job from all, all right. the reports. He'll make the team as a... Uh, a special teamer because he's a great gunner and things like that. But do you think he might just not make the team though? He's so Whoa, good, on, so good on special teams, and and Ted well, Thompson has I mean, always loved that. Gilhar, I'm not I'm not questioning your your breakdowns of special teams here, but is he so elite that they can't just you know cut him and and potentially throw somebody else in there? And I say this only only that sounds exactly like you're questioning his special teams. <laughs> <laughs> oh really? I, oh, I wasn't sure, but I'm just saying like if he get if he was to get cut by by the Packers because I think there's just some players that 
don't fit with what a quarterback wants, and I think mm-hmm. it's pretty clear that Janice and Rodgers don't jive well together, that he's somebody that could make an impact on a different team with maybe more of a loose quarterback. Potentially. Mm-hmm. We'll have to we'll have to see how it all plays out. But uh, I just know they, li- they like him there, and they've yeah. been trying to develop him. And while he and Rodgers aren't on the same page, the fact that Rodgers always goes over and still tries to talk to him and get him on that same page I think speaks for something. Yeah, I just wanted to throw that little disaster scenario out. That's fair. Why are you just what you're trying to ruin Gilhar's day? I'm not. No, that's what. Listen, I'm not. I just I just think it's something worth uh, worth floating out there that he's like probably already the fifth receiver or something, and he's hurt. We've spent way too much time talking about Jeff. <laughs> here. Let's get to the preseason. Uh, week one takeaways. How about Lamar Miller and Carlos Hyde? Uh, Lamar Miller, I thought looked pretty good. He only got four carries, but right. he, he racked up about thirty, 30 yards, yards with them. Yeah. And it's just the kind of case where – and we were talking about this with Damashek downstairs earlier today. You don't want to overrate quarterback play in the preseason because it's so tough to judge against them running vanilla schemes and against vanilla schemes. But if Brock Osweiler remains a bit erratic under center for the Texans, they're going to need to lean on Lamar Miller as a workhorse both in the passing game and rushing game. So I I'm, I wasn't concerned about Lamar Miller before, but I'm getting even more excited now. Okay. How about Carlos Hyde? Uh, I thought he looked good. I mean, again, kind of limited action there. And I I will say that overall, I mean, I I think specifically Hyde looked good. But overall, I I hate to say this. A lot of question marks on the offense. There are a lot of question marks. But I thought they moved the ball effectively at times. Much more so with Thad Lewis than with Blaine Gabbert, which RIP Thad Lewis. Yes. uh, Uh, Now that he's out for the year. But but I, I thought at least from some of the principles that you saw in the offense and some of the, the scheme fundamentals, you know, maybe maybe my bitterness, I've allowed my bitterness to get the best of me. There you go. Uh, I'm still not on board with the Bruce Ellington hype, but I will admit that I think maybe maybe <laughs> there's a little something more to this offense than I uh, originally thought. Matt Harmon shaking his head and rolling his eyes. Well, you know what I thought was interesting about the preseason and Carlos Hyde in particular was that he got two targets on the first drive. Yes. And that was probably the, the biggest question with him. Like, Because we've certainly never seen him be a pass catcher, but, you know, there are a lot of people out there that say, well, he still can catch passes. And yeah. so that's, that was nice to see. I mean, I know Drawn got some work on the second series, I think right. it was. But G- Gabbert missed him, missed Hyde horribly. Yeah, Gabbert looked not side. good, surprisingly. Well, those were, like, right out of the game. <laughs> surprisingly. Right. Yeah, surprisingly, Gabbert did not look good. Yeah. And that's the thing about this offense. You know, as I've been kind of one of the hype mans of this offense. Oh, my God. Uh, you love this Niners offense. Well, I just think it's more like this offense is still not going to be good. It's not going to be efficient, but they're just going to run a lot of plays and right. especially throw a lot. And if Hyde is part of that passing game, that's an even bigger boost to his sock. And my boy Vance McDonald got a nice touchdown there. Yeah, yeah. Showed some after, after the catch ability. Yeah, a little he wiggle. Did. He had a little wiggle there. that guy right out of his shoes there. Boom. Vance McDonald. Late, late, late round tight end. Atari. He, his ADP is non-existent right now because yeah, he's not he's being free. drafted. So. Oh, you're right. You're Freebie. Right. Uh, how about there in Tennessee? Derek Henry, DeMarco Murray, they both uh, look pretty good. Yes, they did. Don't care. <laughs> wow. DeMarco Murray looked good last preseason too. Yeah. Right. And, like, I think what, what we should take away from them – essentially carving up the Chargers. The Chargers still are not going to have a good defense. They were football yeah. outsiders, 31st ranked run defense last year. They were DVOA. Terrible. Right. The run. And they were awful again in the preseason. I mean, that one of those Derrick Henry touch or like long runs. His touchdown. I think Was it his touchdown or one, was, of, his, one of his first couple runs? I mean, they just can't set the edge at all. And the fact that they're, you know, bickering with their third overall pick this year, who's supposed to be a big run defender. Right. Ridiculous. Yeah. Not he, good. That was the biggest thing is uh, – like um, Henry looked good, 
But he was getting the edge way too easily for yeah. a guy of his size. Which, and if you read Graham Barfield's uh, Yards Created series, he points out that like even though Murray, um, Henry is like a big banger guy, he's much better running on the outside like that. Because when he gets yeah. a lane, it's just like, oh, my God, how do you stop that guy? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, can I just give props here? I, 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 it, maybe it's daily daps. But uh, I, I just want to say it's interesting, right? Because Matt Harmon wrote a truther piece on Terrence West. <laughs> and then the franchise also the same week wrote a truther piece on Christian Michael. And they both I did. And they up. both played well. We rock. We're so cool. <laughs> it's so, it. Fuck, it's we're, nail, we're nailing the preseason right now, man. Oh, my gosh. Um, I feel like we should call franchise Fox Mulder. Uh, sure. Fo- the Fox Mulder sure. fantasy. Because I found the truth. He has found the truth. The tr- that that was the opening line of your piece. I, I said the truth is out there. And the my, truth. My is mission out there. today is to to prove it. There's, and that is. And I did. You, you are did. Fox Mulder, bro. I found it. Uh, the, the, you wrote you you wrote a great piece. Uh, by the way, you can find these pieces on NFL.com/slash/fantasy slash Harmon and slash franchise respectively. True, right, right. But franchise, you were basically live tweeting the Chris and yeah. Michael performance. So why don't you so, give us your breakdown? So before before the game started, our social network guy Bruce yeah. or uh, Rice. Rice was at this game, I believe, and he tweeted a photo of Michael like warming up um, at Harmon, and then Harmon added me to the chain. There you go. And the first thing we all noticed was that he had a senior on his jersey, yeah. Michael Senior. <laughs> Around like, the NFL's Chris Wesley yeah. chimes in with, he's so freaking mature, he's got a yeah. senior on the back Already, there. <laughs> early, early signs of maturity, he's now Michael Senior. Oh, good. So that got me hyped. Boom. Good. And then a couple minutes before kickoff, I tweeted out, I'm waiting to fire off Christine Michael Hypes, like added a Kermit the Frog gif going crazy on a typewriter. <laughs> And then they out of the gate. What Russell Wilson passed a few oh times and, and handed off to uh, Michael, and he he had good. no. I, he looked good. Four of his seven or eight runs went for eight or more yards or something. I thought he, he looked was great. Emerging from piles, he had a one run to the outside. Yeah, he showed off speed yeah. when he when he was able to get to the outside, but then also when he was inside, the power and the burst and right. good vision he looked too. Good, good, good vision. vision too. And my, my the article I wrote about him talks about how. The physical aspect has never been the problem for him, which no. is what all these beat writers have been saying. It's right. never been a question of his physical ability. It's always been his maturity level and understanding of the playbook and how seriously he's taking being a professional football player. And now that he's Michael Sr., he's <laughs> <laughs> clearly taking it more seriously. And he was interviewed after the game, and the quotes that he said kind of reflected that he's he's serious about it this I year. And like Carroll hinted that it could be a one-two punch. Right, after, Rawls. after yeah, the game. And that's my big takeaway is that all you've done is doom us to another committee because, you know, yeah. Rawls will be back. No. Uh, Rawls already working back. you got Michael who may get some work. And then, you know, franchise's old boy C.J. Procise is going to have to work in here somewhere as well. Right. Procise is healthy again, so he'll be back in a practice. The PPR GOAT. Can that's you, right. Can you name me a backfield th- – there? can you name me five backfields that are not committees? At this point, mm, probably Vikings, not. Texans, Packers, Chiefs, Packers are Saints. Committee. They're not Chiefs. Chiefs might okay. be a committee. They're they're gonna give it to Jamal Charles. I would have said the Cowboys. Spencer, so, where's the goal line back? Cowboys, the Panthers, Panthers, Cowboys. Oh yeah, Cam Newton's the Panthers running back. <laughs> That's right. He's our <laughs> All right, uh, Melvin Gordon uh, ended his touchdown drought. I don't know if you guys saw this. Woo! Too bad on, it doesn't uh, count. I know, but it's still he got in there. What I liked about it was it was on like a screen pass. He juked somebody, he blew past somebody, and then he just steamrolled yeah. Rashad Johnson on the way into the he end did. zone. It was like, nice. It was nice. Did not give any Fs, didn't care about his own well-being, yep. yeah. which is a good sign for a guy coming off microfracture <laughs> that's, surgery. That's, I, I that's was the so big surprised. Takeaway. 
yeah. was so surprised right. by how explosive he actually looked yeah. yes. coming off of this surgery. Right. Me too. Which, I mean, it's it makes sense because you remember, you know, months ago on this podcast, we talked about how they said it was like the most minimally invasive microfracture you could have. The, right. He had a quick timetable for recovery. So to see that bear out on the field was very encouraging to me. For sure. They gave him a lot of a lot of work there early too, and he was he was driving into the pack full force, you know. Yeah, I think he had four or five carries there. What's his ADP out, right now? I don't know, around seven, round nine, seven, maybe. My I, goodness, that's a value. after after you see this performance, you gotta feel better about. Feel a lot better about getting him in there. I, 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 sure. I, I don't know if you feel. I don't know if it's gonna move his price up. But I think it solidifies where he's at right. in that seventh or eighth round. No, he's yeah. a good running back to target where things get murky. When you oh, get to when you get nice to you know the Jonathan Stewarts and Jeremy yep. Langfords and yep. Matt Joneses of the world. Yes, with Gordon showing up that well in what should be a much better offense, seeing a performance like this makes me feel a little bit better about it. All right, him. there you go. I'm with you. All right, let's talk about the NFC North, shall we? Let's do it. Let's start with the Bears. Uh, what do we make of the backfield? Oh God, what a mess. <laughs> <sighs> Jeremy Langford. Langford's, Langford's the guy you want uh, in fantasy, but. There's no Jordan game. Howard. Did uh, I didn't watch? I, don't, I, don't, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't watch much of the Bears offense. It was so game, bad. But like, it was bad. Yeah, it was bad. So give me the talk to me like I'm an idiot. Uh, give me the give me like the the rundown. Like, why is this so bad? Like Matt you? Harmon, who's an idiot. Great. <laughs> uh, that was too easy. Uh, the quarterback cued that one. Up. I, I, yeah, you, I saw you telegraphing it. It's okay. I felt like I felt like the quarterback play was very inconsistent. I, look, man, the they whole, got sacked a lot. Uh, yeah, the early. offensive line was just a mess. Uh, yeah. You know, he, the the other thing I thought about the Bears too that really does not bode well for their backfield at all is the fact that I think their defense looks garbo. Yeah. I mean, it looks bad. Really, really bad. Um, if they're playing from behind quite a bit, I don't know. Uh, I just, you know, again, how, how many dump-offs can possibly, you know, be divvied about? I, I just don't know. So, uh, for me, I, I'm just like this backfield, ugh. Yeah, it's a mess. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's any different, though, than what we've been talking about since about March. I mean, you know, from the beginning, and we've said we've all said this repeatedly, that the Bears have just – put it on front street that they're going to run a committee here sure, and yeah. yeah nothing i have seen so far seems to suggest otherwise hey you know you know what I'll, i will say this just uh kind of building upon the, the the chicago bears bad defense it makes me feel honestly it makes me feel a lot better about guys like alshon jeffrey kevin white and, and zach miller i, yeah. I think Again, we're going to see a situation like we saw with the Jaguars last year, who had a horrendous defense last year. Um, that when you have bad defenses like this, you got to start. You know, when they start slinging the rock in the third and fourth quarter, I mean, good things happen from fans. And you have a turnover-prone quarterback. Although Cutler had a pretty efficient year last year. When yeah, he, he did. The field. He did. As SB Nation posted this this stat uh, on an article recapping that Bears game, the the Bears allowed more sacks than they picked up first downs in that. Whoa. Woof. So. Yeah, the backfield. What's what's concerning to me too, I think, like you said, franchise Langford's the guy to own, but Jaquiz Rogers got in early. Kadeem Carey's still getting work. We saw him get work last year. So outside of Jeremy Langford, I'm not feeling as great about taking you know a super late round shot on Jordan Howard or anybody else's goal line back. Yeah, I'm. This is just going to be have to have to be a situation that we monitor in the season and see who, if anyone, emerges outside of Langford. Where's Langford going? Right, like he's going eighth eighth round, fifth round. 
I don't know. He it goes so it varies so widely because like in MFL tens you can get him in the eighth round, but and especially like in more probably sharper leagues. But like I know his ADP on fantasy football calculator is still like yeah crazy high. Early fifth round, yeah. early fifth. but it's it's dropping though. Yeah, okay. and like that's untouchable. But if he gets to that eighth round range, I'm fine taking a, a stab on him because we do like we saw he has big game potential. Yeah, if he gets touches. All right, there you go. Uh, what about Kevin White? Like yeah. him? Don't like him? I'm, I'm what can he do? I thousand am, yards? I am seven touchdowns? I'm wow! Ca- I'm cautiously optimistic about Kevin White, maybe because I drafted him in Dynasty last year, and I'm still waiting for him to come back and play. But okay, um, no, but I think, but I do, I do think it goes back to what you were just saying about how the Bears could be forced to throw the ball a lot, especially late in ball games. And like, let's face it, he's a big. Athletic receiver. Now, sure. Alshon Jeffrey will own the majority of, or at least a plurality of the uh, okay. targets there. Yeah. But I do think Kevin White can be a playmaker in that offense. So, uh, you know, I, I I think if you're getting him at a late round price. Oh, for sure. He's as, double digit right You know, as, as your fifth right wide receiver or, you know, or more, then I think you have the potential to have kind of a sleeper gym on your hands. Uh, Wiz, you scoffed when I said 1,007. I just don't know that there's going to be that type of volume for him in the offense with the amount of passes that are going to go to the backfield, that are going to go towards Elshon Jeffrey, and that are going to go towards Zach Miller, who uh, has a rapport with Cutler all more so than uh, White does, and Cutler has a history of throwing to his tight ends. I think 1,000 yards is going to be a tough ceiling for him to break. I would more figure he's in like that eight to 900 range. How many passing yards do you think Jay Cutler will have this year? Shrug emoji? I don't know. 4,000? I mean, I think he can probably four thousand. Yeah, I think he gets about four thousand. Yeah, four. it's almost—it's hard not to get to four thousand passing yards into in this NFL. league. Yeah, no, no, I agree. And, and for that reason, I think I think you're right. I mean, here's the thing: I think Kevin White's got the at least the athletic profile. And again, there's nobody pushing him. No, you know yeah. what I'm saying? No, like on that depth chart, three. you know what I'm saying? So, like for me, I, and again, Zach Miller, great. It's fine. I, I think you know, again, I think 850 yards for for Zach Miller's fine. Um, but I just think about the share. Uh, his his share in the targets, I'd be surprised if he doesn't get at least a thousand yards. Considering that again, there's just no one on the depth chart. Cutler has only actually crossed four thousand passing yards once in his career, and it was that what now looks like magical 2008 season in Denver before he was traded to Chicago last year. He had 3,600 in 15 games. Okay, so I guess he won't get to th- four thousand. Really, it would be quite and it would be quite a, a a big performance from him. But right. he only had he, he threw under 500 pass attempts too. And if they're going to be that bad, that's on weird. Defense, yeah. Well, he did miss one game, but All still. Right. Still. Uh, you guys obviously love Zach Miller. Yes. Yeah, and he's one of my favorite late-round tight ends. I know Franchise is in the same boat with me as yes, well there. I yeah. am. I wrote about him back in June in my late-round tight ends to target. And it's just a matter of there's Jeffrey, there's White, and there's Miller in that passing game, and that's you know the volume is going to be there. All right, let's talk about Detroit. Um, I thought – I think Stafford, when I start thinking about it, I, I read a report today they really want to go high-tempo. Uh, they want to run a lot more no-huddle offense and basically ask Stafford to do more in terms of being able to call plays at the line. But the bottom line is they want to move the offense a lot quicker. To me, I start feeling like, you know, again, with uh, with the arm talent that, that Stafford has, albeit it's very streaky, um, he, doesn't have a, he doesn't have marquee names catching the rock. Right. But with the guys that he has, Golden Tate, Marvin Jones, Theo Riddick, Amir Abdullah, there's something to be said there. You know, again, am I saying he's going to be a locked and loaded uh, top 10 guy? No. But as a second quarterback, anybody starting to buy that a little bit? Yeah. I, I mean, mean, he's going largely undrafted in leagues, man. Yeah, I mean, I can I can buy it. I do think 
this offense, particularly the passing game, is going to look a lot different this year than it has in the past. Um, you, you talk about them wanting to go up-tempo, and, and part of being able to go up-tempo means that you have to throw a lot of high-percentage passes that you can complete. I mean, if you're throwing incompletions, that, that throws the whole works off. Sure. So I think you know, that, that bodes well for Theo Riddick and Amir Abdullah and, and Golden Tate for, uh, as well. I mean, I yep. think for – as much as I love your March 1100 on Marvin Jones, this this might put a little bit of a kink in that if the, you know if he's going to be more of their downfield guy, I think that will make it a little bit hard. Not to say he can't get there, it just makes it a little more difficult. But this offense and Matt Stafford are going to look a lot different this year than in the past, where you know, look, you knew you might get two or three interceptions a game out of Stafford, but you knew you would get some downfield throws and some yardage and some touchdowns as well. And if I can speak to that a little bit, that idea of the short passing game from week eight on, which is when offensive coordinator Jim Bob Cooter took over, right. uh, Matt Stafford had just a 6.7 average depth of aimed throw per, per pro football focus, and that was one of the lowest among starting quarterbacks in that span. So you already saw them start to install that high percentage passing, you know, low low average depth of target offense. But I think that does fit Marvin Jones just as much, if not better, than Golden Tate. Because, 100% agree. Because he's a really – if you look at his reception perception, Jones's highest scores are on slant routes, curl routes, flat routes, and out routes. And those are all in the short to intermediate range. And he wasn't actually that great of a deep threat in Cincinnati, but it's just what they needed him to do. And so he'll be more of a, a like a short to intermediate guy there too. And I think that – both these guys are going to be great for fantasy, but I I love Jones at his stupid at his price. He's, right? Yeah. No, what is he going tenth round? He's he's like a he's been a ninth to eighth round pick. Now he's oh, currently man. like a mid eighth round pick, but like he's wide receiver thirty eight, and Golden Tate is up there like nineteen it, it, twenty yeah. overvalued. What with Stafford too? I just didn't mean to cut you off there on that the Tate's value thing, but like you said, that that made them much more efficient when they went to the short passing thing. He had from week nine on nineteen touchdowns and two interceptions. That's if, really if good. you're going to buy into that. Now, yeah. granted, that was with Calvin Johnson, true, who yeah. is no longer there, right? And we can't we can't overlook that because the combination of Golden Tate, Anquan Bolden, and Marvin Jones are not Calvin, Calvin Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. That being said, it's not like Calvin Johnson just I mean tore the roof off of people. You know what I mean? It's he no, was he there, was, and obviously they had they, not the same. Right. No. They had to game plan for him clearly. Yes. But still, it's not like he was catching, you know, 200 and three that, touchdowns a week or something. That eight-game stretch has to be among the best in Stafford's career, though, yeah. in, in terms of, I think it was you know, and, and historic for, in terms of Lions quarterback, like a run for the yeah. team. Bef- before we pencil that, that give all, you, doesn't that give you hope that yes. maybe Stafford can? Let me put, let me punch a hole in that hope because okay. because while I do think that it should be there, the one thing we do need to note is that they had a really great schedule down the stretch too. They played Green Bay twice. They played Oakland, Philadelphia, St. Louis, New Orleans, San Francisco, and Chicago. Most of those bad bad defenses. So yeah. I think that's probably something to take into consideration too. Before we're like, oh, Jim Bob Cooter, next great offensive coordinator. They played a pretty cupcake schedule. No, for sure. Down the down the stretch. I think too we can't overlook Anquan Bolden. And when he signed with them, yes. he, we kind of dismissed it. Like, ah, he's old, he's washed, whatever. But he was in, He had one catch for 30 yards in the preseason Dude. game, and everyone kind of was like, whoa, there's, and that there's like, Anquan Bolden. It looked like old school Anquan Bolden, yeah. catching yeah. the ball and like running through dudes. And you I, know? Think, I think with Ebron. They need to just play him at tight end. Yeah, that's what I was going to say with Ebron down. He's going <laughs> to fill kind of not, you know, he's not going to play tight end, but he might. He should. He might he's, run some of those routes that were probably a better tight end option than anybody else on that route. I would right. agree. Right. I, I think he takes a dig into Tate's – value a little bit too because they've already said that he's going to take some slot snaps from Tate and that's going to move him outside where he might be just a better interior player and you know same thing like in the red zone Tate had like a crazy short average depth of red zone touchdowns last year and I think that Bolden could dig into that as well. Oh, I think that's going to 
going to be 100% for sure. We're going to see uh, James Jones, style, like hoodie style, you know, week one or week two. We're going to see one of those two touchdown performances from Anquan Bolden. We're all going to be sitting here saying, oh, why is Don't happening? buy into it. All it's right. all about Marvin Jones, baby. All right. Top like 24 it. receiver this year. <laughs> Whoop. Go to the Packers. All right, let's go. Let's talk about the Packers. Um Here's the thing. I was ex- – Wait, actually, did we touch I'm on – I'm sorry, did, did we you? Tu- wait, did we touch on Amir and Theo Riddick, though, or did not we jump really. right past them? Not really. Brief. Don't, don't draft any of them. Yeah, not really. I'm not into it. Don't care. It's Do similar care? It's similar to the Bears situation. It's just like huge Except question marks. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Well, are, are you high on any one of those two guys? I don't mind Amir Abdullah in that, like, because he's going in, like, the eighth to tenth right. round. Same. If yeah, if I'm bad. grabbing him as my fourth running back there for oh. a, for a why-the-hell-not bounce-back potential – I still believe I the guy no, is I agree. talented. I, I I agree with that 100%. My my problem is Lions. Why why do you have the same player twice on your roster? Why? why? <laughs> one's actually one's actually good between the tackles, and the other. I isn't. mean, like why? I I I'm not. Nah, I don't know, man. Dale's not buying. He's got fumbling issues. Didn't he have double shoulder surgery this offseason too? Yeah, something crazy. I think he could be good, but he's like he could be a legit good player this year, and I think he will bounce back from some of the rookie struggles. But like for fantasy, I mean, I don't really. I, I'm with you. Like his draft price is totally fine, and I, I've taken him a few spots there, but like. He's a between the twenties runner. You're gonna need him to bust off big plays. Like, yeah, it's basically the same proposition as like Tevin Coleman, except he might get a few more rushes. All right. Um, by the way, we're talking. We're gonna talk about the Packers right now. But uh, I'm sorry, uh, Wiz. Did you throw in here how high will Shreddy Lacy Shreddy Lacy? I've seen it f- <laughs> flying around on Twitter. Our friend uh, at uh, Jersey Gen oh, FF Degenerate on Twitter and a couple of people. She's trying have, to make this a thing, and I'm on board with it, that. Shreddy Lacy. First it's, of all, it's fun. Look. I, I, have, I editorialize a little bit in our rundowns for for giggles. Yes. You know. No, no. But let me let me ask you this. Let me ask you. He is not really. I mean, he's slimmed down from what we saw last year. Yeah, which was defensive lineman weight <laughs> shredded back down to, but he's to big not back weight. Shredded. All right. So so okay. So then, if you don't like that, okay. For all the you know the '90s alternative slash Pearl Jam fans, what about Eddie Better? Eddie Better. <laughs> God. I absolutely like that. I don't mind that one. <laughs> no, I don't think that's light. I don't no, think that's not, metal enough for him. Right, okay. Exactly. Uh, anyways, <laughs> I, Eddie Lacy. I don't know if any of you guys watched this Packer game. Um, obviously, I did. But he he, he looked strong. He yeah. looked oh, like man, the, he looked Eddie. like the Eddie Lacy of old. Where oh yeah, I mean he's not a game breaker, but if people try to arm tackle him at the line of scrimmage, he's he, he ripped right through those oh, yeah. and had that. It's not a great second gear. It's like you know in my four cylinder Hyundai when I have to go up a hill, it, it gets a little bit of juice. But he was powering into the second level, and it it looked good. You know what we saw too? The patented spin move. Yes, it's we back. saw a little bit of the we saw a little bit of the spin move. Eddie Lacy, for being a big guy, has got one of the best B buttons in the league. Man. Oh, for sure. Nice. Oh man, I love it. Um, but again, not sh- not shredded. I was actually surprised by how big he looked, considering all of the, the pictures we saw of him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He wasn't. I was. I was expecting a little bit more. I mean, the tight jersey has never been flattering on a big guy like Eddie Lacy. Good point. So. It just remember, just pull up that that picture of him in the Lions game from last year if you want to see the the difference. <laughs> That's true. But I, again, Lacey was the first two, his first two years in the league was a top six fantasy running back each yeah. year. He's he's excellent out of the backfield catching passes. He's a better between the tackle runners than James Starks. And as much as Green Bay wants us to believe it's going to be a committee, I don't think that will be the case. You know what's if really Lacey funny is in the shape he looks now. I wouldn't be surprised if Eddie Lacy goes um, in a lot of leagues at the top of the second round. Because again, right. when you're when you're picking on that turn and you're looking at you know waiting twenty picks between your picks, sometimes you just got to go get your guy. 
You know what I mean? So I wouldn't actually be surprised to see Eddie Lacy go there in the second round. And, you know, considering all of the question mark guys that are kind of in that second round running back range, I don't hate it. I don't love it. I just don't hate it either. That's all. Yeah, he's like a mid-second rounder right now. He's been around that range for the entire offseason. I don't think he's going to creep into the first round if you're saying he's going to keep climbing. but. All yeah. right, how about Randall Cup? Love him. Yes. Love, Love him. Okay. One of my favorite picks Cobb. this year. Wrote about him. Uh, Guaranteed, in, locked and loaded wide receiver, top, top 20. Top 15. Oh, I said top 15. 15 yeah. If he's not top, if he's not top 15, something something went really bad. Agree. Wow, really? Yeah. He, I got him for 16 bucks in our auction mock today, and I was like, how did this happen? That's yeah, crazy. That was, that was legit. Um, you know what it was? And this is just a peek into my recap. It's like so when you're in an auction, if like you throw out, if a boring player like Randall Cobb, perceived boring player like Randall Cobb is out there early, right. people don't bid up on those guys because they, they're like, all right, I want to get like a wide Got to save. One, you know? Right, yeah. I got to save for like one of the one of the good guys, you know? So you can pluck guys like that. Uh, you know, I'm I've been saying because I think Jordy Nelson is kind of the linchpin in this offense. He's the guy who puts everybody else in a in a role that they're more comfortable in and allows everybody else to succeed. But you know, not only that, but all the reports of how this offense has been performing, about how this passing game has been performing with Aaron Rodgers at the helm, have okay. been just spectacular. And as I as you know, it's funny that, that we started talking about this because moments before we got to this subject, I just see Chris Wessling, uh, you know, quote tweeting something from Rob Domofsky. Uh, and basically, the words "especially sharp" and "special" are being used in relation to Rodgers in the passing game, and that that helps everybody, including uh, Randall Cobb. I mean, let's not forget that two years ago, Randall Cobb wasn't a wide receiver two; he was a wide receiver, receiver one. one. Yeah. He was, I think, the wide receiver six when Jordy Nelson was the wide receiver two. Here's the thing: in 2014, as you mentioned, 91 receptions, 1,300 yards almost, and uh, and 12 receiving touchdowns, but. If you look at what he has done really in his career, that is those numbers are outliers, man. He doesn't have another 1,000-yard season under his belt, and his second-highest touchdown uh, receptions was, was eight, and that goes back to 2012. So I don't know, man. It's, it, it's interesting you guys are so high on him. I, I, I'm projecting more of an 1,100-yard season. Uh, seven or eight touchdowns. Oh that, no, he'll, his touchdown ceiling's much higher in that offense. They love him in the red zone. Yeah, love him in the red zone. Despite being a small guy, he's in his history with him and Jordan Nelson on the field. I think they're neck and neck in red zone targets. But eight touchdowns is not bad. That's what I'm saying. I mean, Julio Jones had eight touchdowns last year. So, I mean, I don't think I'm not I'm not downgrading his ability, especially in the red zone, by saying he's going to get seven or eight touchdowns. I just mm-hmm. think. Uh, double digits for Randall Cobb when, again, you've got Eddie Lacy, you've got Jordy Nelson. I just – I'm not sure. Jared, uh, well, I, I'll, Cook. I'll say this. In this uh, this almost feels like I'm making the Eric Decker argument again, but Randall Cobb's had double-digit touchdown – or actually, I take that back. Never mind. Continue on. <laughs> Continue I'm looking on. at the wrong – No, but he has it. I mean, that's what I'm saying. But that 12-touchdown that season that he had, that, that was his – it's actually an outlier when you look at his stats. Yeah, but those other seasons were 2013, he was ravished with injuries. 2012 was his sophomore year where he was still having to get past other players okay. and scored those eight touchdowns on a much more loaded offense that still had Greg Jennings and I believe James Jones there as well yeah. in, in 2012. Let me just yeah. double-check that. No, yeah, No, Jones, Finley, Nelson, and Jennings were all on the team in mm-hmm. 2012. So 20, 2014 is the best picture of what this offense looks like when Cobb and Nelson are there. And healthy, and that's what's going to be the case again in 2016. Right. And like, who who else are they going to throw to? Because no. we, you know, we can sit here and talk about who's going to be the third receiver. With the the answer is probably 
nobody cares. Nobody yeah. cares who's the third receiver because none of them are that good. They're not no. going to be productive enough to. Yeah. Oh gosh, it's I, 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 I love Ty Montgomery. No, is he? No. Is he? He's barely right? played. Yeah, I know. I know he's games. injured. No, no, I know yeah. he's injured. But I, I'm just saying, you know, as the season maybe by the end of the year. Sure, that's yeah. what I mean. The the thing is, like, I was. I'm glad you mentioned that Harmon because I was thinking about this, but I lost track of it when we were actually in the flow of the podcast. Here is that like. There, there is no need for a third receiver. They will use it on a matchup-based level, but that third receiver will t- at times be Eddie Lacy. It'll at times be Jared Cook. Mm. And this is, Harmon, I like your phrase you use for concentrated passing offenses. With If these two are at full strength with Aaron Rodgers, it's going through Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb. Yeah. It's true. I mean, it, again, if both of those guys are healthy and playing, uh, of course both of those guys are going to see 90 receptions each. I don't, think that's, I don't think that's much of a stretch. But this is an offense, too, though. I mean, they go – I, again, they're going to go 11 personnel a lot. Are they not? Mm, yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, I no, mean like, yeah, but I don't know. They probably, I mean, they do. They, historically, they have been a three wide receiver offense. Right. And so they would like somebody to step up, but they li- would have liked some of their guys to step up last year. And that, <laughs> that didn't happen. And I mean, I think Devontae Adams, and, and nobody was lower on Devontae Adams than I was coming right. into last year. And I think he can be an okay number three receiver, maybe ideally like a number four receiver. But, you know, he's not probably not worthless like he looked last year, especially because he was hurt too. But I just don't think that that player is going to be as important as it was when they were running a ton of three wide receiver sets with three really good receivers before. The thing is, too, Mike McCarthy is historically one of the most diverse in his personnel packages. They might... They might run 11, but they might have, you know, then they'll switch it up and they'll have two fullbacks. They'll have two tight ends. They run the wishbone, for God's sake. Yeah, they like, do. It's there. I don't think there's a big enough trend to rely on. And it, if it's three wide receivers, that's not to say it's always going to be the same third receiver. It's a good point. It's a very good point. All right, let's talk about the Vikings. Adrian Peterson uh, in the first. He's going late in the first round, I do believe. Although, I, you know, I take that back because I know in, in a lot of um, – uh, <laughs> Regular person leagues? I don't know what to call it. Uh, <laughs> Non-freak yeah. Casual. Non- yeah. Casual. There you casual. go. Yeah. There you go. In more casual leagues, Adrian Peterson can be seen anywhere near like the very, very top uh, or the at the very latest at the end of the first round. But, yeah, man, um, do we believe in his price there in the first round? Yes? No? Uh, yes. <laughs> that's yeah. a, I believe. That, that's a worried side. I mean, bro. I do believe. I, okay. I, I I do, and I, I think what happens with it, with Adrian Peterson, what's happening with Adrian Peterson this year is that people are looking at the age and they see was it thirty one. Yep. And you know, I I still think whether or not it's valid, I still think the idea of thirty being the beginning of the end for running backs is starting to take hold. And Peterson's right. been so good for so long. And he's gotten so much work, too. Got, and I think that's it. I think there's there's just – I think you're, you're sensing some caution coming in with Adrian Peterson that people realize, look, it can go at any time. And for running backs, when it goes, it generally goes really quickly. And I think it's that's true. the concern for, for him as a first-round back. If you're talking second or – you know, certainly he'll never get to the third round. But if you're talking oh. second round, I think you feel a little bit better. But for a first-round guy – where just if it suddenly goes sideways, you're going to be really hurting. Yeah. And here's my issue with Peterson. Even if he doesn't take a step back from last year, even if he's the exact same player with the exact same outlook and the exact same workload, mm-hmm. he still had four games of under seven points. And it's the same argument that I make with Todd Gurley, where except where Peterson has a better quarterback and it is in a better offense, so he's got those things going for him ahead of Gurley. But he, just like Gurley, he does not have a clear passing game role like some of these other guys do, so his floor is nightmarish. Right. Even though he's Adrian Peterson, he can still pop you in with like five a five-point week, and that's just 
tough to take from a first, first round, round running back. He might be coming off the field on third downs. Here's the thing, yeah, though. And, and he and Teddy Bridgewater are like oil and water right now, with where Bridgewater is much more effective when they spread the field, when they go shotgun yep. heavy. And Peterson yeah. just at this point in his career can't or won't do he, that. He has to come from seven yards deep, otherwise he's not yeah. doing anything. Right. It's interesting, though, because Adrian Peterson is actually acutely aware of that mm-hmm. and has talked about a lot in this offseason. Um, I, I believe he actually talked to NFL media's Marshall Falk about wanting to be much more involved on third downs and in passing situations. He apparently has worked on that a lot. Yeah, I've, I've seen that story crop up a couple times about how he's been spending a lot of extra time trying to catch passes. So, so. that's interesting to me. That's interesting to me. And, and plus, again, he's a cyborg. Right. Yes. I mean, the talent level just, I mean, come on. It's, it's ridiculous. So... I get the concerns. I just don't think this year is that year. Right. I'm I'm generally with you that I well I would not take him in the first round, but that I'm not taking really any running backs that aren't named David Johnson or Zeke Elliott in the first round. Yeah. Right. Uh, I still think that this is we're probably still a year away from his crater year. Uh, a lot of great reports regarding Stephon Diggs. Yeah. Uh, in that last year, they basically tried to force him on the outside. He doesn't necessarily have that speed or even that size and athleticism. Uh, to be that guy. So what did they do this offseason? They're moving him around. They're moving him into the slot. They're playing him on the outside. They're playing him right next to the line, flanker. I, they're, they're moving him into a lot of different spots, and apparently he has really, really excelled uh, by picking up the playbook and, and basically just being a matchup nightmare. Yeah, he's one of those guys that when you're watching, you know, we're following along with all the training camps on Twitter and stuff, Seen a lot of glowing tweets, and oh, I've seen yeah. a lot of glowing vines. Oh, of, yeah. Here's Stefan Diggs roasting X cornerback. Here's Stefan Diggs in a team. I think they played the Titans, and he roasted somebody. Stefan Diggs with another amazing catch. Oh, look, Stefan Diggs with a one handed catch. So I think we had a lot of people, in, us included in this room, had bought into Treadwell a little more this year because of his touchdown potential being that red zone threat. But I think we were overlooking just how good Stefan Diggs played last year and the development he's taken this year. I think he's the wide receiver to own in the Minnesota offense now. I think no I think question. as well, when you look at the game logs for Stephon Diggs last year too, it was concerning, right? Because he had a nice little two, three-game stretch where he was very impressive. Uh, but because it's such a low-volume passing attack, uh, we especially saw down the stretch, he, golly, he didn't do almost anything uh, from a fantasy perspective. And I felt like... I felt like it burned a lot of people because people were chasing those points that we saw earlier. For sure. Well, he had I mean, four like dominant games statistically. It sure. was insane. Right? To get off the bat. Uh, he had 87 yards against Denver. He went over 100 yards in the next one, and then he had 90 and a touchdown, I think, in that final one before he never topped 70 yards again down the stretch. But, you know, I put him through reception perception recently. His 71.3 success rate versus man coverage is the highest uh, out after Tyler Lockett and better than Amari Cooper out of the rookies that I've charted last year. He's just pretty Pretty like around league average against press coverage, but I think that speaks to trying to move him around, get those different matchups in there. And I think he's, I mean, he's a sneaky candidate for like 115 targets. And and I just wrote an article that if you pretty much get to the 120 mark, that you're almost, it's hard to not have a top a, 20 season, a top 24 I season. Agree. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. This, this Minnesota offense, like, it's interesting, man. Like, their receiving core might be really good, like, this time next year. Because I think Diggs is legit. I love Treadwell as a talent. And Charles Johnson is, is showing up again. Yeah, oh, he boy. is. Here we go. He's alive. And listen, if that's a if those guys all pro- keep progressing on the current trajectory that they're on, th- that's a This that's offense a good could be hear, really fun. I hear everything you guys are saying about all these wide receivers. <laughs> I do. I hear it, and I, I don't Here it. Here it comes. And I look at the roster. 
And I see Teddy Bridgewater. God, I wish I had a Debbie Downer sound, sounder for you right now. <laughs> I just when, uh, when Teddy's able to run I more want, in an offense that suits his skills, it will he will be I fine. I want to believe. I do. Are we a year away? Is that what you're saying? I just, just Teddy, just. Uh, it's, it's, I keep telling him he's, he's Alex Smith without the running ability. And, yeah. and you know, I, this is a guy who last year, in 16 games, threw 14 touchdowns. How? 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 I don't know. <laughs> how do you do this in a league that everything is slanted toward <laughs> quarterbacks and wide receivers? Like, and they how? made the playoffs. I mean, this is a guy who had 3,200 yards and 14 yeah. touchdowns. And I believe Stephon Diggs is as good as Matt Harmon says he is. I do. I believe that Laquan Treadwell can be the playmaker in this offense. I would say that Treadwell, I guess, the upside there is that he could potentially be a touchdown guy. Yeah. Um, because oh, yeah. I, I worry that Diggs, for all the good things he does, still might top out under 1,000 yards this year just because yeah. of the way this passing offense works. Interesting. And I know there's been, a, there's been a lot of clamoring for, you know, which is weird, like people kind of clamoring to see the post-Adrian Peterson era because he's like the greatest running back of our generation for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just because people are so curious about can Teddy Bridgewater take another step in an offense that suits him more. But if you listen to Mike Zimmer talk, I think there was some press conference recently where he was talking about, uh, you know, there's a lot of quarterbacks that go out there and, you know, put up basically subtweeting Blake Bortles, like go up yeah. there and put up a bunch of numbers, but then uh, lose right. the game. My quarterback doesn't put up any numbers and then we still win. And right. so that is the way they do want to play. So to Marcus's point. Well, they got point, a great defense. Right, yeah. To, like, to Marcus's point, like that just might be – what it always is. They might just be that Which, way in Minnesota. Speaking of their defense, am I the only one that's buying them as like a great kind of no, sneaky defense to scoop up in the last not at all. round? No, I They're totally amazing. Believe. Maybe I totally believe. I think they've got a great defense. My only my only thing is their schedule, right? Like the NFC North, they're going to sling it a little bit. Yeah. If I cared about fantasy defenses, I would care, I guess. People <laughs> people tweet us, tweeting me a bunch, like, why don't you guys talk about defenses more? So I wanted to get a little chatter in. Well, here's, here's, a, here's a piece of advice. Stop caring about defenses and just stream them. Harmon's so salty today. Wow. Right? Well, uh, I, mean, I stream I mean, defenses in most leagues too, but well, uh, all right, that's what we should be telling people. Well, not, no, not, I, I think meeting them at their, you know, don't meet them. Where no, they because are. bring uh, bring them here. No, no, because here's the thing: streaming, <laughs> I don't know what streaming, I'm streaming defenses is great, but it is nice when you don't have to necessarily stream them, um, mostly because it helps you focus more on sleepers, deep sleepers, uh, guys, roster spots that you can hold on to for a long time. If you have the Seattle Seahawks, for example, you're not going to stream them, and I get that. And maybe some weeks that's not the best strategy. But I, I will tell you this, you could f- focus a lot more time on sleepers. You could focus a roster spot on sleepers. You don't have to necessarily think about uh, the matchups a- a- every single week. And plus, I, I, I only say this because I play in a league, my league of record. Uh, you have a capped roster moves. You can only make 18 on the year. Yeah, oh, that's interesting. I do. I, I, play a, I play in a similar league where you have to, you know, you, you only make so many roster moves, and beyond that, then you have to kick in, uh, you know, extra for extra. Uh, Right. For any extra sandwiches. All right, all right then. I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> I was being I was being too salty, and I apologize. A lot more strategery in those limited move leagues. By yeah, the way. totally. Yes. Okay, totally. my bad. I'll just shut up for the rest of the podcast. There you go. <laughs> which, which, by the way, I did get some questions too. Some people were saying maybe we could do a little more. We'll do a lot of player focused stuff here. Some more strategy or theory kind of episodes, and we'll definitely whip one of those up in, yeah. the, in the coming weeks. Right now, we're doing team focuses, right? So anytime you do those team focuses, you're gonna focus on gets player specific. But I will tell you this: as we get closer. Closer to draft week, um, no doubt about it. We're going to be talking about strategies because, you know, we talked about it on the Fantasy Live show today. Uh, if you go wide receiver heavy versus if you're a traditionalist, what does your lineup look like? And, again, you can find that on NFL.com slash Fantasy 
live. All right, should we get some people in these fan leagues? Let's do it, man. All right, who, wants to, who wants to start off? James, you got a lot of people to get oh in. Oh, my gosh. You kick us I'm off gonna, here. I'm going to burn through a bunch. I'm going to pick four people, okay? Whew. Four people. First one is going to – can I find it? Uh, yes, I can. Hold on one second. Stay with me here. Uh, the first one is going to go – this is, again, for the 16-team Danger Zone League. Uh, I want to welcome in – congratulations to Scott Cumming uh, – at Tummage. Uh, and mostly because he wrote down, we have a, uh, for the folks who are not in the TV or, or podcast business, we have a rundown. And a rundown is basically what we're going to talk about line item by line item, all right? This guy made a fake rundown, basically saying, I'm going to rip you guys off, and, <laughs> and this is my fake rundown of my mock NFL Fantasy Live podcast. He says he's going to start off by saying, Fantasy Creeps and Nerds. It's James L. Bow. Uh, Matty San, San Franciscovich. That's me. The Sanchez. Uh, Matt Harmoir, Alex Gether, and Marcus Grand, which wow. is great. Uh, for news articles, he wrote that uh, Jeff Janis, injured fractured hand. He's the GOAT. Uh, Sammy <laughs> Coates and Bruce Ellington must own. It's pretty good. Accurate. <laughs> so we, we should probably just retweet the thing rather than going through the whole ah, right. But it is, it is pretty fun. I will say this, though. For his daily daps, this is great. Harmoire is going to daily dap BYB and Charles. Makes sense. That's pretty good. Uh, so we're going to have him. Uh, congratulations to at Tummage. Uh, you are now in the Danger Zone League. How about at Terry LeBlanc? At MC Blanc. Uh, she tweeted out, I've done two to three mocks every night this week prepping for fantasy football. Woof. Uh, she also says that uh, she took. Uh, there's nothing better than listening to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast and taking a bath. So she's heavy. I like that. I've He's never done that. I've never done that, but I might try that. All right, there you go. Uh, so, she, and I think she's wrote uh, written two reviews actually. She did, yes. Uh, and also going the extra mile. A big brother, eighteen, super fan is Terry LeBlanc, uh, a female fan from north of the border. She's in Canada. All right, but she is a New York Jets fan. Welcome to the league, Terry LeBlanc. I will also welcome in uh, a fellow by the name that goes by just Peter. He's at Ritters one two three four. This is his review. Uh, this podcast is as good as Jeff Janis in the playoffs. Yeah. Tyler Lockett's reception. <laughs> reception. Harmon's beard and Coe's laugh. Whew. So all the money. All the money. Great subscribe. You won't regret it. Uh, welcome to the league uh, at Ritters1234. Uh, and finally, how about a fella who is heavy into my mentions uh, at this is his name is Adrian. And I'm going to butcher the name and I apologize. Adrian Alpanseke. At Alpanseke. Sounds right to me. Yeah, okay, fine. Uh, gives it five stars. The best they are at what they do. Besides getting info, tips, and strategies, they're the best analysts. You get a very fun listen, dynamic show. Uh, on top of that, there's a guy who looks like Geno Smith. There's <laughs> a guy who san sounds like Samuel L. Jackson as well. I think he said that who is Alex that? Gelhar somehow sounds Maybe like... Maybe when like, I, my voice gets high and I get really incredulous, it sounds like <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson gets riled up in a movie. I think if that's only, inaccurate. Like if when he's tired of these mo Monday to Friday snakes. On this monkey fighting plane. Monday to Friday plane. Uh, yeah. He's heavy into the mentions. He also does a lot of uh, Simpsons tweeting. Uh, the reason I picked him and the reason I picked a lot of these folks, we're so popular internationally. Yeah. This fella says he does a 14-team league in Mexico. I like that. Yeah. We're getting international. Uh, we're getting a lot of uh, a different uh, folks from different parts of the world. So I'm excited to welcome those folks into the day. Welcome. All right, Bearded League, do you want to go next? You want to go first, Franchise? I'll go first. 
All right, I picked a guy who was uh, pretty – what's the word I'm looking for? Well, while you're he, looking for the word, he just kept uh, He kept tweeting at persistent. me. Persistence. Persistence. Persistence is key. Just going to say thanks to everybody because we spent so much time sifting through all – Oh, my yeah. God. Oh, it's for sure. Over, for it's sure. overwhelming. I was, nice. wasn't, I was saying to you this weekend as yeah. we were driving to tailgating, I was like, you know, I'm starting to feel like kind of bad for all these people that are going to apply and not get in. Right, they, we, we really appreciate well, you guys, though. The reviews have been awesome, so thank you for sending them in. But All right, franchise. Yes. All right, his his name is Tim Jablonski. Yeah, buddy. At Tim Jablonski on Twitter. I like this guy. I believe he's from England, so I like this added guy. to the internationalist. He wrote a nice little review here, um, and then he started tweeting at me. He said, hey, Matt, your beard is glorious. It's nearly as good as mine. I need to be in the Listener League. I said, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I liked, I liked it, and I moved on, and then he went on a rant with a bunch of one-liners. Oh, wow. I am the Usain Bolt of trade replies. I will accept or reject or counter offers in record time. Oh, that was the first one. That's good. Then he said, "You probably want me to shut up, but I'm Prince Charles' neighbor, so I'm basically related to the Queen. Prince I could ask <laughs> neighbor. I could wow. ask to get united. That's solid. Me and Liz, the Queen, are pretty tight. Oh, okay. <laughs> Does that mean he lives on the River Thames, though? I mean, like, I'm not sure. Okay. I'm not sure. Then he said, "I'm going to stop telling you now because I'm sure you're a very busy man. Keep up the good work. Peace out." And then he followed that up with. P.S. Your beard is superior to Harmon's. Keep this to yourself. Oh, <laughs> well, so I have already I have already publicly acknowledged that. And then first with, of all, so with that tweet, I said, "All right, buddy, you're in." Hey, by the <laughs> way, Tim, uh, if you look at at Tim Jablonski, he is wearing uh, what is known as a Shakespearean ruff. Right. Yes. Uh, here's the thing. I didn't know what that was. This is what I googled. This is a quote. What is the fluffy thing Shakespeare actors wear around their neck? <laughs> Nice. It's I wouldn't have known what rough. to Google for it either. Thank and you to the fine employees at Google that wrote the algorithms to help James out with searches like that. Well, that search, the first thing that comes up, Shakespearean rough. Yep. There you go. You can see it in Google is amazing. Google, Google is amazing. All right, Harmon, who else are you guys welcoming in? Yeah, so for one, uh, that guy Tim is going to lose every single game, and I'm going <laughs> to block him on Twitter, so you, <laughs> you, have to, you, have to, you have to get his email. Good. Uh, that's okay, rude. I'm, okay. just, I'm just kidding, of course, except he's not going to win any. Okay. But all right, so second one, and this this is a review from uh, iTunes, almost as magnificent as my beard from Wild78. Uh, I've listened to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast for the last couple of years. I find it to be a great mix of humor, pop culture, fantasy football goodness, and all true snarky behavior. True or snarky banter. Excuse me. True or maybe a little snarky, maybe a little snarky behavior too. Yeah, you never know what's going on back here. Uh, standing in front of the mirror this morning, listening to the show, I found myself cursing your names as I applied my beard balm and brushed my magnificent, <laughs> magnificent man mane with Good. my 100% Boar's hairbrush. What's Perfect. he cursing wow. us for? Wow, he's getting he's getting there. For it was then I knew that you and your listeners. League would be the catalyst forcing me to break an oath I made to myself years ago. What is that? My Facebook page only exists because my wife and I have zero. Because of my wife, I have zero social media footprint, and I res- I respect that. By the way, uh, I liked it that okay. way. Here we are now in August 2016, and yes. because of you, I have a Twitter account, which yes. I, which I hate about as much as James Coe hates the Chicago backfield. Oh, so, wow. so thanks for that. Please make this aggravation worthwhile by bringing me into the bearded league. Well, and, congratulations. And there you go. It's all been worthwhile. And I appreciate nice. your, your desire to live off the grid as I would prefer to do that too. But here we are. Here we are. <laughs> One of the most active tweeters tell, tell, well, tell, listen, talking to us about how he wants to live off the grid. <laughs> I, I would be much better off. How many of, tweets do you, have, you, have you funneled out here? Oh, are you I mean, at, are you at 10,000 more? Uh, far more than anyone else in the stronghold. 84,000. I'm honestly amazed it's not 100K yet, but jeez. No, listen, I, I mean, I love Twitter. Twitter is great, but I would my life would be so 
much more free and in touch with the universe without it. Great, Marcus. Because I hate social media. <laughs> I mean, I'm not on any other social media platforms diligently. You are the one that keeps trying to push back every time. We're like, we're going to have to do this for social, for work. You're like, no. No, we're not. Uh, <laughs> Marcus, who's in touch with the kids on social media, why don't you welcome our first guest into the OG League? Today? I will. Um, it is uh, the the reviewer okay. identifies themselves as Danica of House Stark. Uh, I won't read the entire review, but I'll hit some of the highlights. My name is Danica Starks, and I love this podcast, and not just because Marcus Grant looks and sounds like my Uncle Melvin. Uh, I don't <laughs> Melvin! Know. Don't know if I have an Uncle Melvin. I can tell you uh, just from the review that uh, Danica seems to be quite international. She says she has okay. listened to the podcast from places like Azerbaijan and what? Uzbekistan. Yes! Uh, she I genuinely love fantasy analytics and advice, as well as the less orthodox methods of evaluation, such as Alex Gelhard noting that a start that starting a certain running back would be ew gross. Um, Hashtag analysis. Yep. I appreciate the insights into hosts' lives, such as hearing updates on Baby Co., Harmon's secret life in West Virginia, and everyone's ability to follow <laughs> bands that I've never heard of. Oh, I would love to join one of the fan leagues, particularly okay. the OG one, since I may be related to Marcus, but okay. most importantly, House Stark is rising, and therefore Ooh. it would be good to have me on your team as winter is here. That's a good point. P.S. If any of my colleagues see this, I call dibs on becoming the future fantasy football ambassador. Well, just because of that... I gotta let cousin Danica into the league. Now, yeah, I like right? it, <laughs> cousin Danica. So welcome, welcome aboard, cousin Danica. And that was a, just an iTunes review as well. And then for the last fan league entrant, we're gonna get today another one coming from iTunes, and this one is getting in because it tugged at Alex's uh, sympathetic heartstrings there a little bit. But it's from LMW one two zero four, titled OG fan league request. Says after getting a thirty to forty forty hour a week cleaning shift at a restaurant, I have the chance to be able to listen to many fantasy podcasts this summer. But yours is my absolute favorite. Sites are amazing chemistry, banter. It makes it like he's part of a real fun conversation between friends and not a scripted rundown of players like other podcasts. Great. So then he says he uh, loves hearing stuff and just on a little extra on the side, he said that I personally inspire him because he's a 17-year-old senior in Wisconsin oh, cool. with a dream of working in sports journalism. Hey, there you he go. He has a passion for writing and for football, uh, writes mainly sports articles for his high school newspaper, uh, and occasionally fantasy ones if he can sneak them in. But uh, his family doesn't believe that being a journalist is a realistic possibility and are trying to push him into other fields. But he says after learning about me and working here, he's dead set on pursuing his passion, which I admire and respect the hell out of. So uh, he says hopefully he can be a whiz kid from Wisconsin somewhere out in the middle. Hey, there you go. With that, uh, LMW1204. Yeah, buddy. We're going to bring you into the league, man, and you can hit me up uh, if you need anything else or have oh, any questions as you prepare wonderful. for that next step of your journey. So it, it, uh, it tugged at your heartstrings and your yes. ego. That was a I roll. <laughs> I, I rolled so hard at Harmon here. <laughs> that was heartwarming. It was that heartwarming. That is wonderful. Go chase it, buddy. Yep. All right, let's do Daily Daps and get out of here. Let's do it. Extra, extra, read all about it. This is the Daily Daps and Hook. Give me daps because I'll be squirbling right. Give me dabbing up daps about daps looks. All righty, Daily Dap time. Should we start with the franchise? Sure. All right, I'm, please. I'm ready. Do you Let's have do one it. now? Because I know in the tentative Google Doc rundown, you originally just put um, um. dot, dot, dot. Yeah, I didn't have one. <laughs> I didn't have one. Oh, I thought that was the name started. of a new band he was into. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. What a surprise me. All right. Uh, What's lo- wrong with this band on Spotify? They're called UM. What's wrong with dapping bands? Nothing. 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 I dap bands all the time. Everybody seems to like that, actually. It's a, it's just, a, but it is a just running fall in theme. Line. 
It's a running theme here. Follow follow the trends that I set. Okay. It's cool. All right, there you go. All right. All right. Today I'm not dapping a band. I'm dapping this squirrel that stole a GoPro camera. Yes. And oh. from some guy and took it up into a tree and ran around the branches and actually filmed the video and then he dropped the GoPro camera back to the ground and the guy picked it up and posted this uh, video on YouTube and it, it's, it's amazing. amazing. I feel like it's a hoax. A squirrel picking up a. <laughs> I don't like. I was honestly, James. I like. That's why I stared blankly at you for a second because I, I that same thing thought, my, crossed my mind. I'm like, but how? Like I don't know how they would have. Like, I mean, no I guess way. they got to edit it or something. Hey, but. listen, man, CGI is a crazy thing. I don't I, know. I don't think so. What do the, you want from me here? I don't know. Anyway, daps oh. to the squirrel for hauling this camera up. Into it's probably real, and I'm just a cynic. But it could be. Fun. It's fun. Well, because I mean, it's super sporadic. And it's it looks, pretty sweet. It looks there like was, a squirrel. There's but. probably some kind of nut to lure him. Uh, you know, on the attached to the camera. Or okay. Something. That's what All I. Right. That's what I imagine. But dabs for that squirrel. That's tough. Tough to do. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried it. I've tried it. Uh, MG, my guy, Marcus Grant. What's up? Uh, I'm going to daily dap. You know, we because we do spend time on Twitter, especially even Matt Harmon. Especially, you know, me. we especially. Uh, you know we all we all make Twitter friends, people that we haven't necessarily met in real life, but who you know have become kind of part of our everyday. And so my daily dap goes out to one of our good t- Twitter friends in the Midwest, uh, Indy Sarah, who we chat with all the time about any number of things, including football or not. But uh, I guess a couple weeks ago, I mentioned she mentioned actually something on Twitter about watching the movie Birdemic, which I have heard of and never seen. Uh, think of. Maybe the lowest rent, bootleggiest possible version of Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. Okay. And uh, that would be Birdemic. And I mentioned that I hadn't seen it. So today I got a package, and it was from Sarah with a copy of Birdemic and also a copy of the movie Roller Gator. Huh? Yeah. Which has one of the uh, Estevezes in it, but not, you know, Martin or Charlie or, you know, uh, Emilio. Emilio. so what, I don't know what Estevez. What, what Estevez is left? I don't know, but like just <laughs> watching like cousin Estevez. I think so. Like watching the uh, just a, a couple of quick. You know, I should look it up as I'm sitting here. But apparently, it's one of the uh, one of the Estevezes. And uh, but on top of that, she also sent me some pretty kick-ass. Uh, 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 stickers? I can't think of the word. Stickers with uh, superheroes on them. Good. So, anyway, I just wanted to give a shout-out and a thanks to Indy Sarah for hooking me up with this. I cannot wait to sit down and watch Roller Gator and or Birdemic. It's Bad animal horror films. Yep. Yes. 200, please. Yep. Yes. It's going right. to be great. I like it. Wiz? Uh, mine's a quick one. Uh, the Premier League serpent started this weekend, and Daily Depths to Liverpool for defeating Marcus's Gunners 4-3 to three in the oh, opening yeah. game. Uh, it was actually 4-1. to one, It was turning into a boat race, but then uh, Arsenal got a deflection right back, and they snuck one in later. It was a really entertaining game, but it was great for Liverpool to open up the season 1-0, to zero, and it means I can go drink at the bar super early in the morning because Premier League games on the West Coast – Start anywhere from like four in the morning to eight in the morning. By the way, real quick, oh, that's very early. Okay, it's Joe Estevez. Joe, but he looks a lot like Martin Sheen, his brother. Okay, so there you go. That's in your face. There we go. <laughs> there it is. Um, Matt Harmon, what's up? Oh man, I don't really have any good ones. Okay. Uh, Do you want me to go? Uh, no, okay. I can go. Well, okay. So, you know, recently Galhar obviously revealed that he uh, he is now. With girlfriend. How did I miss this podcast? I heard that. Oh, it was slipped in subtly. I know. And I tried to slip it in. I didn't allow it. We just How did we not have a full-blown discussion? We had to listen to it back with her, actually, because Harmon mentioned it over the weekend. <laughs> and She's like, wait, what? What did you say about me? I'm like, nothing. I, just I might have that. had a few beverages oh, by that point. I'm so sad I wasn't here. It was a, It was nice. 
Uh, so he revealed that. Tried yes. to sl- tried to like sneak it in there, and I didn't. He hadn't even informed me that it was girlfriend status yet. But hey, listen. Hey, I got the full breakdown Saturday okay. night. Hey, man. It's, it's, it's wonderful. Right. But Gelhart obviously very happy has found something that he really truly connects with and appreciates, and so have I. Oh, you have. Oh boy. Yeah. I got a, we go. I got a new hairspray in my life, guys. <laughs> oh. oh my god. <laughs> Is Which ridiculous. is basically an even more important relationship. Oh my God! Hairspray, Peter uh, Coppola hairspray. You you have a picture of it. On I your took phone. it in case I need to daily dap it. You <laughs> took it with a picture. You are right now. It's you have it. a picture yeah. of your hairspray. Well, because I because I'm a little uh, forgetful, and uh, so I wow. forget stuff. So I, I had to take a picture of it in case I forget what it's called. Uh, in case I go out to the store and, and I go to buy it again, I forget. But listen. <laughs> I really struggle with finding a good, consistent hairspray because my hair is very fine and will eventually be gone because of that. But so this. So is really what better good. way to treat the, that fine hair than loading it up with hairspray and hair? Listen, product. you got to rock it while you got it. Okay, good. What's the point? Longevity is not that important. I'd rather just burn out real quick. I <laughs> like it, man. Your hair, lo- your hair looks good. <laughs> Thank you. I well, the, the great part about this is like you know it's firm, it holds, but you can still kind of adjust it upon first Holy push. Cow. We're moving on. Nobody of this that listens to this show like. And everybody's tuned. Uh, okay, all right. Let me daily dap uh, a fella by the name of Rich Chiga. Yes. First of all, let me just say, this guy, Rich Chiga, uh, you got to look him up on YouTube because the thing is, his music is just straight fire. <laughs> it is, they're bangers. He's a 16-year-old kid from Indonesia, and he puts out these two songs that are just straight club bangers. <laughs> but if you haven't seen the video, I mean, he has, he he's a skinny 16-year-old kid from Indonesia. Uh, he write, he His songs are about shooting people. Believe it or not, uh, <laughs> but he wears a polo and a, and, fanny, and a pack. fanny pack. Yes, uh, you got to watch that video. It's called that or dat stick, uh, referring to his weapon. Uh, also, he has a second video a video called "Who That Be." If you watch that video, keep a close eye on the actual video, and I'm not going to spoil it for anybody. But let me just tell you, it, this guy is a comedic genius. I will co-sign on this because James not co-sign. Yes. Um, ah, I nailed it. Because James actually, you know, told me about this last week, and it honestly changed everything about my day. Rich Chiga is a straight comedic genius. You know what? I have described him as this. He is a 16-year-old Indonesian Zach Galifianakis of rap. Wow. Of rap. <laughs> of rap. <laughs> That's high praise. He's a genius, man. Wait, you're saying Galifianakis can't rap? No, he cannot rap. He's a genius <laughs> as well. He's a comedic genius as well, but this kid's 16 years old. That's crazy. I'm going to Twitter tattle on you to Galifianakis and tell him you said he can't rap. All right, that's no, fine. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I hope so. Put me on two, between two ferns, bro. I'm in. Uh, Rich Chiga for those folks out there. Um, also, uh, Daily Dap, AAJA. I went to that conference. Uh, I was a moderator at one of their panels. I had a good time. Nice. AAJA. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for our show. But let me tell you this. Subscribe to the podcast. Rate it. Review it for your chance to enter one of the fan leagues. We'll see you. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, 
your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Dot com slash compatibility.